Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Indeed, the savvy traveler himself is here. Welcome back to the second hour of America's most widely syndicated radio travel show. I'm Rudy Max, your genial radio show host. I do hope you're enjoying a lovely Memorial Day weekend. It's Indy 500 time on Sunday as well. It's a big weekend all around. Summer is officially starting. Gentlemen, start your engines. Well, if you're traveling, take us along this hour. We're going to salute the 75th anniversary of the opening of San Francisco's iconic Golden Gate Bridge. Then we'll consider the delicate art of tipping in restaurants. The prolific food writer and author John Mariani is going to join me, and he's going to pose the question, when did tipping become a stick-up? It's his belief that things have gotten out of hand when it comes to expectations regarding tipping in restaurants. And perhaps you saw the news story of that passenger with an iPad who filmed a bird strike of a Delta flight as it took off from JFK Airport. The flight turned around and made an emergency landing right back to the airport. And when the video of the birds getting sucked into an engine aired on CNN, the FAA sent a scolding letter to that passenger saying if he didn't have all his electronic devices turned off uh, on the next flight, there's going to be some serious consequences. This has reignited the controversy about the odds that personal electronic devices affect an aircraft. We're going to be joined by Grant Cardone, the man who took that video. Then self-described flirting expert and journalist Rachel Kona comes aboard to discuss traveling as a single woman. She says it's a great way to meet people if you plan carefully. Details to follow. At the end of the hour, I'll have some deals a week, but first, some of this week's news and travel. Well, this week has been pretty dramatic when it comes to news from Mount Everest. While we were on the air last weekend, a 73-year-old Japanese woman succeeded in reaching the summit of Mount Everest for the second time in her life. 73 years old she is. She now becomes the world's oldest woman to scale that peak. But there was tragedy also. Four other Everest climbers died as they returned from the summit, and there are reports of other three other vic- there are reports of three other victims. The known dead were from South Korea, Germany, China, and Canada. In addition, two Sherpas have died so far this season. One fell into a crevasse, and the other reportedly succumbed to altitude sickness. It's been a very controversial climbing season on Everest, by the way. At least two major expeditions canceled their climbs because of worries over safety due to a minimal snowpack and warm temperatures that can lead to rockfalls and avalanches. If you'd like to know what it's like to summit Mount Everest, may I suggest one of the best and most dramatic and gripping books on the subject. It's called Into Thin Air. Into Thin Air. It was written by John Krakauer. Now, it was published in 1997, but it is still a riveting read. Since 1950, at least 236 climbers have perished on Mount Everest. And as of this week, about 300 climbers remain on the mountain at different camps waiting for a window of good weather to try to climb the peak before the onset of annual monsoon rains next month. And that marks the end of the climbing season in the Himalayas. I talked to a climber this week. He said there, he saw a video of people just actually just lined up waiting to go up that last part to scale the peaks. They're like waiting for you know, a store to open on sales, a sale day in the morning. If you've been listening to the show uh, the last couple of weeks, you may have heard my two interviews with Michael Guilieri. Among other things, he's an Arizona river guide, and he's written two books about deaths in Yosemite and the Grand Canyon. He joined us in the past, oh, six weeks or so, twice, to offer some safety advice to visitors of each of those national parks this summer. So it was with special regret that I learned about the death of a young Marine returning to civilian life in Kansas. 
He died this week after falling off the south rim of the Grand Canyon, where he had stopped to do some sightseeing on his way home from Camp Pendleton, California. Jeffrey Klingsick was 20 years old. He had served in Afghanistan. So the advice from Michael Guglieri, be careful. National parks are not playgrounds. Bad things can happen. Um, our sympathies go out to the Klingsick family. And take some extra cash on your next visit to New York City later this summer. The city's Tax and Limousine Commission is considering a proposal to raise taxi fares by 20%. It would be the first overall raise in fares since 06. Mayor Bloomberg is reportedly in favor of that raise that recognizes higher gas prices and inflation. The increases could kick in as early as July. Well, in San Francisco, it's been a big party this week in honor of the 75th anniversary of the opening of the Golden Gate Bridge. This bridge was the longest suspension bridge in the world until the Verrazano Narrows Bridge was built in New York in 1964. There are about 600,000 rivets in each of the bridge's towers, and the steel to make it was forged in Maryland, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey, and shipped west via the Panama Canal. I did not know that. Dana Polk is a spokesperson for the Presidio Trust. That's the federal agency that manages the Presidio, which is a former military base. It's beautiful. It's like a park uh, that is adjacent to the San Francisco side of the bridge. Dana, welcome to the show. What's been happening in San Francisco this week? Well, thank you so much. Wonderful to be here. And uh, we're very excited. It's going to be a wonderful weekend. Uh, as you mentioned, tomorrow is the bridge's birthday, and we're going to be having events all up and down the waterfront. Here on the Presidio, we're going to be hosting an outdoor film series for the next six months, and every film will feature the bridge. Um, there are over uh, oh. two dozen films that feature the bridge, so we're very excited about that. What a great uh, idea. Big... What a great yeah. idea. Yeah. It should be a lot of fun. What, what are, are there a couple films whose name we might rec- names we might recognize right off the bat that will be in this festival? Well, sure. Yeah. Tonight we're kicking off with um, It Came From Beneath the Sea. No. Um, of course, everyone knows Vertigo. Right. We have Star Trek Four. Oh, is the Golden Gate Bridge in that Hill. one? It is. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It makes a sneak appearance in a number of films, so it should and be what, a really great event. And did you say A View to a Kill? A View to a Kill. Yes. Mm. And wow. of course, everyone's uh, familiar with Vertigo. Sure, the the classic uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie. So if you can't make it to San Francisco this weekend, you can watch one of these movies in tribute to the to the bridge. Now, I know during the 50th anniversary, Dana, that the bridge was closed down and about 300,000 people walked across it that day. And in fact, uh, I talked to someone who was there 25 years ago, and they said the bridge was actually swaying. <laughs> That's are you guys right. clo- yeah, are you guys, uh, are you guys your, closing? Your listeners may be interested to know that it can span, uh, it can sway up to... 16 feet up and down. Um, so we're not going to do that walk again. Just want to let everyone know that. But we've got some wonderful events, uh, including fireworks that will take place right at the bridge. And that's so on Sunday? Then, Sunday evening? When are the fireworks? Right. Sunday evening? Sunday night. Okay. Sunday night. And they'll start at around 930 after it gets dark. Okay. And uh, are, are they waiving uh, the $6 toll for, for the weekend? <laughs> Good question. No, no, not waving the toll, but um, we encourage everyone to come down and participate in uh, our free events. We'll have be having tours of the bridge all weekend, and then uh, music, food, fun things for kids. There'll be a historic car show and a historic boat parade, so there'll be where, lots to do. Is there a website, Dana, where folks can find more information? There is, yeah. The best place to go is goldengatebridge75.org. Uh, GoldenGateBridge.75.org? That's right, yep. Okay, uh, another website yeah. is Presidio SF, I think. 
Uh, do you spell out San Francisco or no, it's just SF? Oh, oh, Facebook. Oh, excuse me. On Facebook, you can go to the page Presidio SF. Dana, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. And uh, uh, tip of the hat, low hat, to the Golden Gate Bridge. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Dana Polk is the spokesman, uh, spokesperson for, for the Presidio Trust. That's the agency that manages Presidio. That's a former military base that's been turned to civilian uses now. It's adjacent to the San Francisco side, side of the bridge. You're going to walk around there as well. In fact, a new hotel just opened there, I understand. When we come back, when we come back, we're going to talk with John Mariani about tipping in restaurants. I think we're going to learn something. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. Ever wondered what you do if you were seriously sick or injured on a trip? You need On Call International, and joining me is the company's CEO, Mike Kelly. Now, Mike, why is this protection so critical? Medical evacuation in the U.S. or abroad can cost thirty, fifty, or even $100,000 and is rarely covered by major medical plans, including Medicare. On Call International membership protects your health and wallet with services, including evacuation to the hospital of your choice. Right now, you can save 30% off your membership with the code RUDY30 at OnCallInternational.com. I believe I can do anything. So when it came to learning a new language, I knew I had to do it the way I learn. No books, no memorizing or translating. I wanted to learn the same way I learned my first language, naturally. That's why I chose Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone invites you to be a part of its biggest language learning event in history. Because in 2012, we want to help 3 million people learn a new language. That's why we're going to give you an absolutely free demo of our language immersion technology. To participate in this free nationwide event, just call 1-800-507-5898. Si yo puedo hacerlo, usted puede hacerlo. If I can do it, you can do it. To participate in this free nationwide event, call now for your free demo from Rosetta Stone. Call 1-800-507-5898. That's 1-800-507-5898. Today, my journey to help save people money on car insurance brings me to a shopping mall. Of course, when it comes to shopping for car insurance, most people go to Geico. I mean, with all the discounts they offer, why would you shop anywhere else? There are discounts for complete and defensive driving courses, multi-policy discounts, and discounts for being accident-free. You know, this mall is a real maze. I think I passed that candle store about five times. For a free rate quote, visit Geico.com to see how much you could save. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. It's 18 minutes after the hour in Rudy Maxa's world. This segment of the show is brought to you by the good folks at On Call International. We all know that sometimes the unexpected happens while traveling. Yes, it do. If and when it does, protect yourself with a reasonably priced annual membership from On Call International. It provides the best assistance you'll need during an unforeseen medical or travel emergency, even a situation like social unrest and more. From unexpected illnesses to life-threatening accidents, delayed luggage or legal woes, On Call International gives you the help you'll need to return home or get back to enjoying your trip. More information at OnCallInternational.com or you can go to the radio show website, RudyMaxa.com. Scroll down that homepage, you'll see the logo for On Call International. Feel free to click on it and get 
details. Well, there are a lot of people who get just absolutely, they break out into a sweat when their dinner check is presented and they have to figure out the tip. Um, is it 15%? Is it 20%? If you had bad service, should you punish somebody and give them 10%? John Mariani is a gourmand, a food writer and critic, an author. Uh, we're going to talk about his new book in just a moment. And he wrote a piece on his blog, which is johnmariani.com, or excuse me, on his website, johnmariani.com. And by the way, you can go there and subscribe to his weekly newsletter on restaurants around the world and destinations around the world. The piece I read this week was called, When Did Tipping Become a Stick-Up? And I thought it was an appropriate time to have John on and help us out. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hiya. How you doing, Rudy? Nice to have you. Let's talk about your new book first, because I want to be sure to get that in. You've written several books on Italian cooking. Yeah, the newest is called How Italian Food Conquered the World, and it's the first actual history of Italian food from the Romans on up to uh, the present and how everybody from Sofia Loren to Giorgio Armani changed our view of uh, what was once considered a kind of low-class ethnic food that was pretty gloppy and uh, not very well made for all sorts of specific reasons. And this takes you through, um, oh, a mere 2,000 years of uh, that history on how it, uh, now it's the most popular cuisine in the world, just anywhere, Japan, India. I mean, all the new restaurants are Italian, curiously enough. It, it, I was just going to ask you, I thought Italian might be the most popular. Okay, let's get to the question of tipping here. Now, you, what do you do as, what do you do, well, let's back up. Let me, let me address the subject uh, of, your, of your column, When Did Tipping Become a Stick-Up? What prompted you to write that, and what constitutes a stick-up? Well, it was prompted immediately because a restaurateur who recently wrote a book about his restaurants was on uh, a TV show, the Today Show, and he spoke of how quite literally he just laid it out. He says, if you want to be even noticed, it's going to cost you $20. If you want a good table, it's going to cost you 50 And if you want a really A table, that's $100. And this is I just was, before, oh, just, this is just a walk in the door. This is not tipping after your meal. Oh, exactly. This is just to grease the palm of this restaurateur or his minions. And uh, now, I'm not naive enough to think that a lot of guys, and I do say guys, women don't do this very often, guys do slip maitre d's money and they get a table or a good table and so forth. And I am all in favor of tipping if you've had excellent service and you plan to come back at the end of the meal on the way out. But this is just highway. Uh, a robbery, and that's and, and it was, that's what actually prompted immediately because it's gotten to that point where, to get into the hot restaurants, um, people are going to have to pony up in this guy's restaurant. Now, I hasten to add that's not true across the board, and that restaurants like that should be avoided uh, because uh, I know a lot of restaurateurs who are appalled by this kind of thing. No, I agree. I mean, you can go to Wolfgang Puck's Cut at Beverly Hills or Spago or to Cyrus in Healdsburg, California, or to restaurants in New York, in big cities, what I'm saying. And you, you can get a perfectly fine table, and you don't have to give the maitre d' anything. If you've made a reservation Absolutely. and you, uh, you, know, you seem like a pleasant person, you should expect to get a, a decent table. Um, so I New think York you're right. houses seem to be the, the, the biggest um, sinners in this regard. Ah, you the, can, you the can go big to place, beef now, places. 7 o'clock reservation, and they'll say, yeah, everybody get, has a 7 o'clock reservation. Well, here's <laughs> 20 bucks. Okay, I'll sit you in 10 minutes. Oh, geez. Wrong. Okay, I agree with you. That's wrong. Now, what about after the meal? What is common and accepted these days? Is it before the... Do you, and do you compute that percentage on with the tax or without the tax? Well, technically, you should do it before the tax. Uh, in other words, just with the food and the 
and the beverages cost and compute it on that because the tax is going to be up to 8% and so forth. It's going to be another, depending on how much you've eaten, a lot of money. So mm-hmm. uh, you, t- you tip on that, and it used to, 15% used to be standard, and for a lot of people that's perfectly good. Uh, in big cities, 20% uh, has become more the norm, and unfortunately, that's become 20% on top of the wine you ordered. Um, so uh, the tip, uh, you know, if you pay a hundred dollars a person, you're talking about twenty dollars right there for a tip, which is uh, hundred dollars for a bottle. Of, you mean a hundred dollars for a bottle of wine? No, no, I mean if a hundred, if your whole meal oh. cost with wine, let's oh, say a hundred dollars, twenty dollar tip is that's a very very nice tip. And if you have a seventy dollar bottle of wine, do you have to add fourteen more dollars to it? You just, you just, it's become the common practice that you just do it on the entire bill. Now, having said that, no restaurateur I know uh, or, or his, uh, his uh, service people, if you ordered, if, let's say you ate $100 worth of food and you ordered a $500 bottle of wine, they really don't expect you to tip $120 on top of that. But as one restaurateur said to me, he says, well, if you can afford a $500 bottle of wine, it's probably not going to hurt you very much to uh, tip 20% on that. John Mariani is my guest. Uh, he is the author of the uh, website johnmariani.com, where you can actually just go in and sign up and get a free, as I do, weekly uh, newsletter. And his newest book is called, I'm looking for the title here on your website. You've got to give it to me again, how John. Italian oh, How Italian Food, food Conquered the world. the world. How Italian Food Conquered the World. Exactly. That's one of several books he's written about uh, Italian food and other Subjects. We're talking about tipping and, and whether tipping has gotten out of hand, at least in some big city uh, restaurants. Should you punish the waiter if or wait person if you have bad service? And how do you do that? Leave a 10% tip? No tip? Speak to the wait person? Speak to the manager? Uh, I think speaking to the waiter is not a good idea. Speaking to the manager first is, or leaving something like... Ten percent. Um, I mean, if you leave a dime, that's a that's an actual insult. But if you leave ten percent, he's going to wonder why. And I think on the way out, you may say to the manager that we didn't get very good service tonight. And I, I would think a good manager would want to know that if you're a reasonable person and you can give tick off one or two, three reasons that you're disappointed. Absolutely, yeah. because you know most people, even if they love the food at a restaurant, very often don't go back simply because they were snubbed or the service was terrible. I hear it all the time. Love the food, never go back. Because of service, right? Yeah. But I know a lot of people who hate the service but still tip 20% because they feel sorry for the waiter. Yeah, and they also, oh, this is kind of an American thing, that they think the waiter will hate them, and on the way out, uh, you know, light light, uh, their coattails on fire or something. It's uh, (laughs) probably not going to go back to that place anyway. Uh, how about at the bar? What's, what if you eat at the bar or, or drink at the bar? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I would certainly not give more than 15% and 10% for the, for the drink. If you just have a drink at the bar, you know, it's a, a, a 10% is just fine. And, for, and if you eat at the bar, 15% is, is, yeah, is enough? Yeah, I think that's the top, top rate at the bar. Is that just because the waiters aren't crossing big distances? <laughs> what? Is that just because the wait person isn't crossing big distances to bring you your food? Well, it's not just that. He's not really interacting with you. You'll kind of just uh, take the bar menu, tell the bartender what you want, and the server or busboy will bring out your food. How do you get a table in a restaurant? Let's say you walk in on the spur of the moment to a popular restaurant, and it's full, and they say, oh, we're, we're, we're full. What, 
What can you do maybe to get a table the next night, even if they're booked weeks ahead? Well, in that case, uh, if they are truly, as they say, fully committed for the next few weeks, the best thing to do is to ask to be put on a waiting list. And do you mind if I check in with you tomorrow? Um, the more cordial you are, the more likely you're going to get one of the many 15 to 20 percent tables that will not be showing up tomorrow night um, because of various reasons. People cancel, uh, people don't show up. Um, the more cordial you are, the more like. Now, again, I'm using the M word, manager, because the hostess, who is often a 17-year-old girl and hasn't a clue um, other than to take down your, your name, um, is not going to be the person who will tomorrow or next week have the option of putting your name in that book. It's the manager who will do so, or a formal maitre d'. Excellent advice. I had a friend who once went into a very popular restaurant in New Orleans that you couldn't get in, and, and just that night sat at the bar, got to know the bartender, ordered a very, he's a wine aficionado, ordered a very expensive bottle of wine, yep. and toward the end of the evening mentioned that someday he'd like to eat here this week, and the bartender said, we can fix you up. And I thought it was a very classy way of doing that. Uh, well, we have, it's not, it shouldn't be an antagonism. It's right. not anti. What they, a good restaurateur, most restaurateurs, what they want to do is to serve you and have you come back and give you a hospitality that makes you a regular. Well said. Go to johnmariani.com and click to receive his newsletter and check out his latest book, How Italian Food Conquered the World. John, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rudy. We'll be right back here in Rudy Max's World after these messages. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. I'm happy to bring you the next chapter in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive every year. Diane and her friend were enjoying a summer cruise in the Mediterranean when her legs started to itch uncontrollably. She let it go, thinking it would get better. But when she noticed it getting inflamed and red, her mind went to her worst fear. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com stories. Travel Guard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance. Today my journey to help save people money on car insurance brings me to a shopping mall. Of course, when it comes to shopping for car insurance, most people go to Geico. I mean, with all the discounts they offer, why would you shop anywhere else? There are discounts for complete and defensive driving courses, multi-policy discounts, and discounts for being accident-free. You know, this mall is a real maze. I think I passed that candle store about five times. For a free rate quote, visit Geico.com to see how much you could save. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to the show. This is about 33 minutes after the hour. And this segment of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by our friends at TravelGuard. It's a chartist company, a worldwide leader in travel insurance. TravelGuard provides products and services to millions of travelers around the globe, helping leisure and business travelers alike solve problems and manage risks. And right now, if you visit TravelGuard.com, slash stories. You can read the newest story in a series of true travel tales, and you'll be eligible to win a chance to get a new Kindle. Every year, Travel Guard receives thousands of stories from travelers about their experiences. And in this latest very short travel story, a woman with scary symptoms while on a trip to the Mediterranean finds herself fearing the worst. 
You can read the end of the story and find out what happened and have a chance to win a Kindle if you go to TravelGuard.com forward slash stories. You may have seen the news report this week about an uh, American Airlines flight that took off from JFK earlier this week. And just after takeoff, uh, a bunch of blackbirds uh, flew into one of the engines of the plane, one of the two engines. That's called a bird strike. Uh, a gentleman in sitting in uh, a, the first row of first class named Grant Cardone just happened to be filming the takeoff using his iPad. He says he doesn't do that at all. He flies all the time for his business and uh, just happened to, to be filming it. And he heard a big thunk and the plane sort of shook and he sort of dropped his iPad and later found out he had actually filmed this bird strike. And he made that video available and CNN and others ran it. And he soon thereafter received a letter from the FAA saying, don't do that again. You didn't have your electronics turned off during your flight. We're going to get to that issue in just a moment. But first, I want to welcome uh, uh, Grant Cardone, uh, to the show. Grant is based in Los Angeles. He flies about $3 million a year. He's a New York Times bestselling author. And, uh, well, what's your latest book, Grant? We might as well give it a plug. Sell or Be Sold. That was the book that I was on tour for when uh, this, this plane got, uh, had an emergency landing. Okay, so why were you, uh, you told me when we talked about you coming on the show that you don't, don't normally film takeoffs, but why did you happen to have your iPad up to the window filming this particular takeoff? Yeah, I've been on thousands of flights. I've flown over 3 million miles, Rudy, and it was just, I had this, I don't know, premonition, intuition, some instinctual drive to, for some reason, I'm going to video this flight, you know, and it was only a 16-second video because I started it. The next thing I know, something hits the right engine. It, I, I didn't know whether it was a missile. I thought, no, oh, maybe it's my electronics taking this plane down, which is ridiculous because that's impossible. Yeah, and, let's uh, uh, and let's so talk it was just a random, crazy thing that I did, and uh, sure enough, it was on this flight that became significant. Sheer chance. By the way, uh, my producer Anna just pointed out. I said you fly three million dollars a year. <laughs> you fly. Th you you fly. You have flown three million miles in your life. You would like to make three million dollars on your book, is what I probably meant to say. <laughs> well, uh, you know, my wife says, you know, I think that that's some kind of promotional antic you did. You got those train the birds to go up there to hit the plane to sell a book. <laughs> I, I listen, and there's not an author in the world who wouldn't do that. In fact, so yeah. what? So you, so you were, were you looking at? Did you see these birds get sucked in while you were filming? No, you know, it take off. We're about nine hundred feet above JFK, and uh, it's a beautiful day. It, we're going probably about three hundred miles an hour at that point. So I don't see the birds. I, I'm just videoing a takeoff. I didn't know that we that I had recorded the birds until I got on the ground. And that plane got back to the ground quickly. The plane circled back, made an emergency landing at JFK because no one wants to fly, no pilot wants to fly cross-country in a two-engine jet with only one engine uh, working. And, Grant, how did your video make it, its way to major media? Well, I dropped, it down, I dropped it on YouTube. It's sitting on YouTube today. If you Google search uh, Grant Cardone and Bird Strike, you'll see it there. Okay. Uh, and then when I landed in JFK, I did a video about, oh, my gosh, this was a very scary flight. I just got off a of Delta Flight 1063. I hadn't, un I hadn't unlocked the, the video I did of the bird strike yet, but basically I uh, said on YouTube, hey, I just recorded this flight. I have the, the bird strike, and then that's when all the media uh, lit up and started calling our offices and saying, hey, can I get exclusive rights to that uh, video? All right, that's another correction I made. I said you were on an American flight. You're, in fact, on a Delta flight. I'm sorry. That's right. Um, all right. And, hey, uh, feels, you know, Delta, American, Continental, they well, all feel the these, same when you're in the air. These days they do, don't they? And yeah, uh, they do. So then you got this letter reprimanding you from the FAA, and that raises the question that has actually 
come to the fore recently because the Department of Transportation has finally said we are going to reopen the study of whether passengers can have electronic items on during takeoff and landing. Every single commercial they tell you, uh, commercial flight, they tell you in the beginning, you got to turn off your things because it could interfere with the equipment. And there's no evidence of that. And, Grant, I think you have an opinion on that, don't you? Yeah, there's zero evidence. Actually, March, uh, March of this year, the, uh, the Department of Transportation came out and said, we're looking at loosening that regulation up. April, you know, 30 days later, I did this, shot this video. Two weeks after that, the FAA writes me a letter saying, you're on a warning list. We could have fined you. Uh, we saw you on CNN saying that you had videoed this takeoff. We've done a full investigation, and rather than fining you, uh, which we could do, we're going to put you on a two-year warning list. And I am said, this is ridiculous. You know, these PEDs, computers, um, iPads, iPhones, the technology's advanced so much it does not interfere it does not interfere with the ability of a pilot to uh, transmit his GPS system, his instruments. There is no proof that any of that happens. And so I've, I've just really taken the, the cause up. Look, the FAA needs to take a position, a clear position, not scare Americans or travelers and say, look, it's either dangerous or it's not. If it is dangerous, if there's any danger, danger then they need to remove the, the, uh, the PEDs from, from the flight completely. Agreed. We're going to put a link to Grant Cardone's uh, video at YouTube on our website at Facebook. Grant, thanks for joining us. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Hey, folks, how will you get home if a riot or natural disaster happens while traveling? If you're like me, you'll have membership with On Call International. On the phone is the company's CEO, Mike Kelly. Mike, tell us about this coverage. On Call International's deluxe membership includes all the great benefits of our annual membership, but also covers emergency evacuation due to earthquakes, volcanoes, political riots, military coups, and more. Folks, save 30% off your membership today with the code RMAXA30 at OnCallInternational.com. One thing I've learned on my journey to help save people money on car insurance is that folks across the country like convenience. And what could be more convenient than visiting Geico.com? We can manage your policy, pay your bill online, just about anything you need. And it's open 24-7. It's kind of like popping into the ultimate convenience store. Except we save people money. And we don't have beef jerky. For a free rate quote, visit GEICO.com to see how much you could save. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I believe I can do anything. So when it came to learning a new language, I knew I had to do it the way I learn. No books, no memorizing or translating. I wanted to learn the same way I learned my first language, naturally. That's why I chose Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone invites you to be a part of its biggest language learning event in history. Because in 2012, we want to help 3 million people learn a new language. That's why we're going to give you an absolutely free demo of our language immersion technology. To participate in this free nationwide event, just call 1-800-507-5898. Si yo puedo hacerlo, usted puede hacerlo. If I can do it, you can do it. To participate in this free nationwide event, call now for your free demo from Rosetta Stone. Call 1-800-507-5898. That's 1-800-507-5898.
If you're the mother of a child with behavior problems, I'd like to talk to you. My name is Janet Lehman. I'm a behavioral therapist and a mom. I know what it's like when the child you love becomes a defiant, out-of-control child who disrespects you. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the program that tens of thousands of moms are now using to turn around their child's behavior. If you've heard about the Total Transformation and wondered if it will work for you, now you can try it for free. I'm willing to give away a thousand programs today for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. I know the total transformation works because I used these techniques with my own son and with troubled kids for over 30 years. Let me prove to you that it works by giving you the program for free. Call now. 1-800-586-1440. 1-800-586-1440. That's 1-800-586-1440. Got a question or comment? Need advice? Jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. 43 after there. Hope you're having a lovely Memorial Day weekend and hope uh, your car wins in the Indy 500 and hope the weather is fine where you are. Rachel Kona is a journalist and a blogger. She writes for a variety of magazines and has a very lively um, I would say female-centric uh, blog uh, that's under her name. It's called rachelkona.com. Kona, by the way, is spelled K-H-O-N-A. So it's rachelkona.com, all one word. I'll give you that website a little later if you want to grab a pen. Um, and she wrote an article about uh, tips for women traveling alone. And, and, Rachel, you also call yourself a flirting expert. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> I mean, I well, can guess, but you tell me. <laughs> Um, I, well, I guess sort of like a, a sex flirting expert by accident. Um, I, I guess I, just from meeting a lot of guys and dating as much as I have, you know, living in New York and living in L.A., I've mm -hmm. racked up a lot of experience. So I share that with my readers from time to time, usually with male readers. Um, I feel like I'm more inclined to give guys advice rather than other women. Well, I wish we were a... a I, I wish we were a personal advice chat show so I could uh, talk to you more about flirting, but let's, let's turn our attention a little to travel. Um, there are a lot of uh, women, particularly, who, who are loath to travel alone. They feel uncomfortable. They feel conspicuous having eating alone. Um, what's some of your advice for them? Well, the first thing you have to get over is the fear. Uh, the fear is obviously going to be the biggest thing, but once you can get over that, um, you know, it's just a world of adventure out there. I mean, I recommend that every woman, and man for that matter, travel alone by themselves at least once in their in their lifetime. There's just, your self-confidence increases so much. I mean, even if you already feel like you're a 10, if you travel alone, you'll come back feeling like, you know, 100. Um, it's so, so worth it. And, you know, it's actually relatively easy to do with the right planning. Well, your first tip, of course, is, is check, uh, choose a locale wisely, and I suppose that takes into consideration uh, age group or what kind of people are there, your safety and so on. True? Right, exactly. Um, I think with solo travel, you have to be extra picky because you don't have anyone as like a sort of like crutch or a backup. So you don't want to go someplace where it, all the kids are going to be on spring break. Um, you know, if you're college age, you don't want to go someplace where it's going to be all 
you know, senior citizens or something. So you want to choose a place that has people that you would be looking to mingle with and where you think people are going to be social. If you go to the middle of nowhere, you're obviously not going to meet anyone. Or if you go to a romantic sort of place, you're not going to meet anyone because the only people there will be couples. So you have to pick a place that's going to be fun and a lot of other single people, or not even single, but solo travelers because there's solo travelers that are married or in relationships. So um, you have to definitely choose your locale wisely. And you suggest eating at the bar. You suggest eating at the bar. Why is that? I think, you know, eating at the bar is great even in your own city, even if you're not traveling, and, and that could be a great way to, like, sort of break the ice starting off in your own city. But if you eat at the bar alone, you're more likely to meet people versus eating at a table. And I've done both. I remember I was in France, I think it was Strasbourg uh, in France, and I thought it would be a great idea to eat at a table. And I felt like such a, well, I shouldn't say idiot, but I felt really silly because it was a packed restaurant, everyone's chatting, and it was really boisterous and noisy, and I was by myself at a table. And no one's going to talk to you that way. And so I learned, and the next time I was at a bar, and and I'm talking to the people next to me, you talk to the bartender, they give you maybe like a free drink, you know. It's a lot, um, it's a more friendly environment if you're by yourself. And a bartender can be a very useful resource to a single woman traveling alone as far as advice of where to go, where not to go, how to meet people, perhaps even provide an introduction to somebody they know at the bar who's, who's a, you know, a nice guy. Exactly. I have actually met bartenders that have been very helpful in that way as far as, like, oh, this is what you've got to do, this is what you've got to see. You know, I've had people invite me to things. You know, you do have to be cautious about what kind of invites of you accept. But I have had people invite me out to, like, group events, like a group dinner or something like that. So, yeah, it's definitely a great way to, to meet people. And bartenders are kind of built-in people to talk to. Like, they're kind of there, so people talk and to she, them, you know what I mean, she, versus a waitress. And because we only have about 30 seconds left, let me say that you do you do suggest either Lonely Planet or Rough Guides, as uh, most popular guides used by solo travelers. And you also, mm -hmm. as you said, suggest you, you suggest group activities. Um uh, rather than running a bike and, and seeing a place on your own, going on a group a bike tour, a snorkeling expedition, even a beer crawl, because the more people you're around, the more chances you have to get to know locals or meet somebody interesting. Yes, exactly. Okay. The more people you can surround yourself with, the better. All right, I'm going to give your website again to folks. Rachel Kona, that's spelled K-H-O-N-A. Check out rachelkona.com. Lots of interesting stuff there. Not all about travel, a lot of advice stuff. Um, and that's her website. And if you want to follow her on Twitter, it's Rachel Kona as well. Rachel, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rudy. Have a good day. You too. Coming back, Deals of the Week, up next. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back. It's 43 minutes after the hour. Hey, we've got a lot of stuff posted at Facebook. Just go to Rudy Maxa-TV show. I know you're listening to a radio show. Uh, but as I say every week, there was no category for Rudy Maxa radio show when I 
started the fan page at Facebook. So it's Rudy Max, a dash TV show. I do have TV shows. I do have TV shows, so it's half right. Um, but go there, and you'll see a link to, uh, well, to the cho Chocolate Fest going on in Burlington, Wisconsin, that we talked about in the first hour. Uh, Charlie Leoka's um, Consumer Travel Alliance free newsletter that we talked about in the first hour, if you're a frequent commercial f uh, flyer and want to keep up to date on all issues involving that. And then we also posted, I believe, a link to the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge celebration going on this weekend. And I don't know if Anna's put up John Mariani about tipping yet. I think, yeah, I think there is. You can find a link to John Mariani's site. He will uh, help you out with his weekly newsletter on restaurants and food. And there's also a link to Grant Cardone's video of that bird strike on that Delta flight he was on that he caught by chance. And let me tell you, we just spoke to Rachel Kona about uh, single women and traveling a moment ago before the commercial break. Let me just tell you, I told you the correct spelling of her last name, K-H-O-N-A. She spells Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, R-A-C-H-E-L-K-H-O-N-A, rachelkona.com. Well, a Paris-bound U.S. Airways flight was diverted to a main airport after a French passenger this week said she had a surgically implanted device in her body. Initial news reports suggested that device might be an, an explosive, but as it turned out, she apparently never really suggested it was an explosive. And so she was not charged with a crime after authorities determined she had no scars suggesting any surgery. She said she had been wronged by doctors and wanted the president of the United States to provide her medical assistance. <laughs> the president's not a doctor, sweetheart. Uh, Customs and Border Protection authorities arranged for her return to France after she apologized for causing her flight to be interrupted. Senator Susan Collins, a senior Republican on the Senate's Homeland Security Committee, did say, and here I quote, we have seen intelligence identifying surgically implanted bombs as threats to air travel. And on Friday, a passenger uh, flying from Montego Bay, Jamaica, uh, on an American Airlines flight was subdued as the plane landed in Miami. He stood up as the aircraft was taxiing. He refused to uh, sit back down, and he seemed very disoriented. He was handed over to the police when the plane reached the gate. So a little bit of action up in the air. You know, you got a lot of flights in the air all the time. This stuff is going to happen. I don't think it's necessarily... On the rise, I think we just hear about it more thanks to social media and people tweeting uh, stuff out. Okay, got a couple more deals of the week before we say goodbye here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about uh, in the first hour we heard from uh, Disney spokesman about uh, uh, some of the new stuff going on at Disneyland. Last week we talked about this new ride at Universal Studios L.A., which is uh, the new Transformer ride. If you're looking for a hotel to visit both places, you could uh, – yeah, you couldn't do much better than the Marriott in Burbank, California. Burbank's in what's called the Valley. It's right next to, uh, uh, very close to Universal and not far away from um, uh, Warner Brothers Studios, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Jay Leno's Tonight Show, if you want to go see that, the Ellen DeGeneres Show, Knott's Berry Farm, Six Flags Magic Mountain, Disneyland. In short, if you're bringing the kids or the family to Southern California and you want to see some of those attractions, the Los Angeles Marriott Burbank uh, at Burbank Airport is a pretty good place to base um, base yourself. It's a luxurious and very modern hotel, and it's got 488 guest rooms with with great bedding and HD uh, LCD flat screen televisions and a fitness center, two outdoor pools, fire pits, nice place to stay. And I'm telling you all of this because they've got a special deal. It includes high-speed Internet access at a rate of $149 a night. Complimentary self-parking, free high-speed Internet. This is good for stays Thursday through Sunday, now, from September 5th, it does not include taxes. So you figure $149 a night, I don't know, I'm guessing. Add 20 bucks in taxes and fees, maybe 169 a night. Not bad for Los Angeles. So that's the Los Angeles Marriott Burbank Airport. Uh, this deal is called Bring Back the Fun at Marriott's in Southern California. So 
I would uh, call the hotel directly. The promotional code for this is LSX. LSX. Not sure what that stands for, but L is in Larry, S is in Sam, X is in X-ray. And it's the Los Angeles Marriott Burbank Airport. If you're coming over here for Universal or Disney, Disneyland or some of these other attractions I mentioned, check it out. And if you're a train person, um, Vacations by Rail has some very nice packages coming, uh, coming up here uh, beginning right now. Um, they've added uh, four new independent U.S. train vacations. The California Zephyr Experience with Yosemite the, uh, and, and, and some others. And these vacations start at $1,277 only for your – this is per person based on double occupancy. Uh, that doesn't include airfare to get wherever you're going from or, or, or winding up. But check it out. It's uh, vacations by rail, and it's a great way to see – um, the Grand Canyon, America's West Coast. You'll be riding on uh, Amtrak's California Zephyr or the Empire Building or the Southwest Chief. Um, you can see natural attractions, obviously, out west on the East Coast, New York City, D.C., etc. So check it out. Uh, that is, let me see if I can give you the website. Where's the second page of my deals page? It is vacationsbyrail.com. They'll also sell you European rail passes and tickets as well, but uh, right now we're talking about these uh, great classic American trains and where they go. We're coming to the end of our show here at Memorial Day weekend in the U.S. of A. Nice to have you here. If there's something in the show you'd like to send along to a friend or want to hear again because you didn't hear the whole segment, go to RudyMaxa.com and click on Podcasts. That'll be up by, oh, easily by Monday. RudyMaxa.com, Podcasts. You can also check out my daily travel minute there as well. I want to thank Jeff, Jeff Ryder, our terrific engineer who makes these words go through the air. My executive, executive producer is Anna Schofield. Thanks to our stations and service men and women throughout the world. See you next weekend. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World. And as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.